Good evening, good evening. This is Apostle Hepzibah from Voice of Many Waters International, AACML. And this is part three of the Gospel of Salvation message. <clears throat> in the first two messages, in the first message, we discussed believing and what believing is. This is very important because we have discovered that if people do not believe, then although they may put actions of faith into place, there is no power because we must actually believe what it is that we confess that we're walking in faith in. <clears throat> so this is important for us to understand. You know, also we talked about that believing is making a conscious choice of your will that you are going to accept something as true. <clears throat> and then in the second message, we discussed, in the second message, we discussed faith. And we talked about faith is an action word. It is acting on what you believe. So when we say we are we have faith in something. This means that there is something that we are believing. And now we are acting in accordance with what we say that we believe. This is faith. There are two types of faith. There is the faith of man and then there is the faith of God. Once we become believers and we have accepted the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have accepted the good news of him dying on the cross and resurrecting from the dead, once we have accepted, in other words, once we have made the decision that we accept that as true, and then we begin to put action to what we have believed, this is faith. That is an example of faith. Now, it is very important that we believe. It is very important that we have faith, but equally as important is that we must believe the right thing. We must have faith in the right thing. We must have faith in the truth. And so it is not enough for someone to say, I believe in God. Satan believes in God too. The demons believe in God. Principalities and powers believe in God. It is not enough for us to say, I believe in God. Okay, we must believe in something specific. It is not enough to say, I have faith in God. We must actually have faith in something very specific. And this is one of the keys that I have seen that in many places have been left out. It is not enough just to say, I believe in God or I have faith in God. We must have, we must believe something very specific and we must have faith or we must put action to something very specific. And this is the word of God, the Holy Bible. If we say that we believe God or we believe in God, but we do not believe in his word, then we are not walking in the truth. If we say we have faith in God, 
but we are not acting in accordance with his word, then we are not doing the truth. Because to believe in God means to believe his word. To have faith in God means to act like we to act in accordance with his word. So whatever it is that we whatever scriptures it is that we are believing, we must put action to it. This is our faith. This is faith demonstrated. Now, this is a message about the gospel of salvation. And so it's very important that, you know, we're talking about the good news. Gospel means the good news, the good news of salvation, the good news of salvation through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So we can say, okay, I believe the gospel, but we must have action to it. We must accept it as true. What is it that we believe? What is it that we are supposed to believe? We are supposed to believe everything that Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross for us. So in other words, it's not just it's not enough to just say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. That's good. But we have to go past that. We have to go beyond that. We have to get to the place where it's not just I believe he died on the cross. OK, well, what did he accomplish on the cross by dying on the cross? By taking stripes, putting having the crown of thorns hammered into his head by by being flogged, by being crucified, by by giving up the ghost, by resurrecting from the dead, by ascending to the father in heaven. All of these things mean something. He was accomplishing something for us. And we must believe what he had, what his testimony, we must believe what he says he accomplished by his work on the cross, by his act on the cross, what he did on the cross, what he says it means for us. This is what we must believe. You know, by by the shedding of his blood. We have the remission of sins. So that whosoever confesses their sins unto him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this means that if we believe that Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross for us, we must believe what that means. That means that because he shed his blood, we now have the ability to be to receive forgiveness of our sins. If we confess our sins, and this is one of the things that we must, you know, we must internalize. And we'll get into some of these things at a later time frame. But the key thing that we want to discuss today is because so many of the different benefits that are given to us and we call them benefits. You know, everything when Jesus did the work on a cross and to make it very clear, when I say he did the work on the cross, his work on the cross, I am referencing him shedding his blood for the remission of our sins, him being flogged, 
him being beaten, him being hung on the cross, him dying on the cross, him resurrecting from the dead, him ascending to the Father. All of these things is the work of the cross. This was his work. This is what he was sent to the earth to do. And he came into the earth and he did it. He did it perfectly. Okay. So the first thing that we must believe is that we must believe that the work of the cross, he did it for us and it must be personal. I must accept that the work of the cross, he did that for me. And you must accept that the work of the cross, he did that for you. Yes, he did it for all mankind. But you have to internalize it. This is a scroll you have to eat. You have to internalize that he did it for you. We must accept as true. It doesn't matter what our mind is saying. It doesn't matter, you know, what thoughts we have. It doesn't matter what emotions we're feeling. We have to go beyond the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions and and all of those things. And we have to go according to our spirit. And we have to accept that what Jesus Christ did on the cross, he did it for you. He did it for you. He did it for all mankind. But he did it for you personally. That's the first thing we must accept as true. And then faith is walking in it. Faith is adjusting our life according to what he did on the cross or according to what he accomplished on the cross for us. So to be very clear, that's the first thing we must accept. Once we accept this, we accept what he has done on the cross as truth for us. And we are ready to adjust our life. This means that the the work of the cross provided many, many benefits. And I would even venture to say it provided endless benefits. It provided endless benefits. And there is a key into understanding all that was provided for us. Okay, because by him dying on the cross and resurrecting from the dead and by by the entire work of the cross, it is only effective. And get this, this is the main key that we have to understand. All of that is only effective if Jesus Christ numbers himself as us. Okay, so now we're going to go back to the Old Testament, because in the Old Testament, when it was time for them to bring a sacrifice, if they had sinned and they were to bring a sacrifice to the priest so that the so that the 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 ritual or the ceremony, the the procedure could be done for atonement. Okay, They said, let's say they brought a lamb when they brought the lamb to the priest. After the priest inspected it, there came a point in time where they had to lay their hand on the animal. The person who sinned laid their hand on the animal and God considered it as that person's sins had then transferred to the lamb or transferred to the animal. So at that point, that animal was seen as that person because the Bible says that the wages or the punishment 
for sin is death. In other words, the, the, the ultimate punishment for every sin, no matter how great or how small, is to die. That's the judgment for sin. Okay? And so, this means that when sin takes place, something has to die. Okay? And so, when they went to do the sacrifice, the animal had to die. So, the sins of this person was transferred to the animal, and that animal was seen as that person. That animal took that person's place. Okay? And so, when we understand how this is according to the Mosaic law, then we understand that what Jesus did was all in accordance with the law. Jesus, when he numbered himself as us, and when I say he numbered himself as us, this means that he, he saw and the Father in heaven saw Jesus, yes, as the sacrifice, but he saw Jesus as us. So when Jesus Christ died on the cross the, to deal with the with for the fulfillment of the punishment of sin, he had to die. Okay? For every person, every person has sinned. This means for every person that has sinned, the judgment of death was there upon them. And so Jesus died as us before God. In God's eyes, when Jesus died, he died as us. This is why the scripture says, for I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in us. When he died on the cross, the father in heaven saw it as we also died too. In other words, the natural man, who we were, died also. Okay? When he was afflicted in his body, when they were flogging him, and he took stripes for us, okay? Stripes is the affliction of the flesh, okay? He saw it as we took, because Jesus took the, the stripes and the affliction of the flesh, he saw that as us. So, he saw it as Jesus being the lamb, the one who took the stripes that we were supposed to have. Okay? The key is we have to understand that the Father sees us and Jesus as one. Okay? Even while we were dead in sin. Even while we were dead in sin, Christ died for us. Okay? So you have to understand. Even while we were dead in sin, Jesus numbered himself as us. In other words, even when we were dead in sin, Jesus saw us and him as one. When he died, he saw it as we also died. When he resurrected, he saw it as we also, when Jesus resurrected into new life, he also saw it as we resurrected into new life. The very important truth that we must first 
understand is that according to the word of God, Jesus sees us and has always seen us as one with him. When we were, even while we were dead in sin, when he died on the cross, he saw it as us also dying with him or our sinful nature, the sinner, the who we were before also died with him. And when he resurrected, he also saw it as we resurrected with him into new life in him. This is an important key. And the and, and when we say, okay, where does believing take place? Of course, we don't want to believe anything if it's not the word. So the word of God says that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Well, how do we believe? How do we how do we become joined to the Lord? I thought he saw us as one with him already. He does, but we have to see it too. When we see that we are one with him, then comes the experience. Then we are in agreement with what he has already done. And when we see it, when we accept it as true, that's the scripture. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We must, we must believe that we are joined to the Lord and one spirit with him. And when we believe that we are joined to the Lord, that we are one with him, then we begin to experience it. We can understand all of the benefits and we can believe all of the benefits. That's good. But we need to understand why we have the benefits in the first place. We have the benefit of healing through the blood of Jesus. Through the work of the cross, because. Jesus. Is made whole. We are one with the Lord. He who is joined to the Lord and one spirit with him is one spirit with him. So if Jesus already bore stripes, already conquered sickness and disease, and he cannot and he is not sick. We also. We also. Share in that with him. And people may say, okay, yeah, but that, that's in the spirit. That's in the spirit. But what about the body? Okay, there was the, the scripture and it talks about being, let not your members be joined unto a harlot. It says, know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ. Look it up. That's the scripture. Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ. It's not talking about spirit in this one. It's talking about body in the body, in the flesh. It's saying that know ye not that your body, your flesh, your body, your physical man is a member of Christ or is a part of Christ, is one with Christ. My thumb 
is a member of my body. It is a part of me. We are one being. My leg is a member of my body. It is a part of me. We are one being. Know ye not that our, your bodies are members of Christ. We are one being with him. So understand this. This is very important for us to understand because this is why we have the benefits. This is why we have healing. We have healing. Yes, he paid the price. He paid the price, but it's he did it as us. This is why sickness and disease is illegal. Because if sick in, in if there are some sicknesses and diseases there are penalties because of sin. And if that penalty has already been paid, then it is illegal for that penalty to try and persist in a person's life or to reoccur again if they have not committed the same sin. And I'm trying to remember the, the terminology that we use here in the world in the courtroom. I believe it is... Uh, what is it? Double. I might be double jeopardy or, you know, where a person cannot be charged. You know, if a person goes to prison for something and they didn't do it and or they did. Let's say if a person goes to prison for something and they didn't do it. OK, and then they are released. You can't charge the person even if they did do it once they've done their time. You can't charge them again for the same crime if they didn't do it again. So if a person goes out and commits some sort of a crime and gets 10 years in prison, they spend the whole 10 years in prison and then they're released. The law cannot come back and put them back in prison for another 10 years for the same crime. That's illegal. It can't be done. It's not right. And so because Jesus paid the price, as long as we do not continue to commit the same sins, those penalties, once the penalty is one, he had already taken the penalty. Once we understand that and we, you know, do the proper things to 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 grab a hold of what he's done. That penalty cannot come again. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Why are we heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus? Because he sees us as one with him. He sees us as his bride. Now, Adam and Eve. God created Adam and then he took the, the rib and he created Eve. And he told them that the two would become one flesh. So the two of them as, as a married couple, they would be seen as one person, one man, one flesh. This is why in, the, in, in you know, as Believers, we are called the bride of Christ. We're called the bride of Christ because 
we are his bride. So God sees us as one flesh or as one with him. This is a very important aspect to understand. Again, these are all just more scriptures that are, you know, you know, uh, strengthening the understanding of it. We have to understand this is why we have all of the benefits. We have all of the benefits because Jesus, when he did the work of the cross, the father considered him as one with us. This is why Paul could say, I was crucified with Christ. Why? Because the father sees us as one with him. And because he sees us as one with him, when he died, we died. The scripture also says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. How is it that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places? Because Christ is seated in heavenly places and the father sees us as one with him. He sees us as one with him. So if Christ is seated in heavenly places, we also are seated in heavenly places. These are all scriptures that are, you know, that, that explain and they unfold this. Okay. The scripture, it also says that as he is, so are we in this world. And as I'm saying these scriptures, I encourage you, write them down, look up the scriptures. I didn't give the book and the, ver and the chapter and the verse, but if you just look up the scripture, you will find it. As he is, so are we in this world. Why are we, while where we are right now in this world, why are we as he is? Because the Father considers us as one with him, as one with Jesus. And the important thing is we must accept it as true. And then we must put action to it. We put action to it by using the benefits that he accomplished for our life. The benefits that he gave to us, we put action to it. We use it. We use the benefits. He gave us deliverance. Why do we have deliverance? The benefits are meant to because he already knows that yes, he sees us as one with him. This is what has happened spiritually, but he already knows that physically our, our mind, our will, our emotions, our body is not always in alignment with who Jesus is. It's not always in alignment. It's not always in alignment. And so because it's not always in alignment, the benefits are meant to bring us into alignment. There is no sickness and disease in Jesus. He is ascended in heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the father where there is no sickness or disease. He gave us the benefit of healing so that we could be healed to the point where there is no sickness or disease in us. He is ascended next. He is ascended with the father. He is perfectly pure. 
He gave us the benefit of deliverance. Because he knows that in our experience right now, we are not experiencing being perfectly pure. And he gave us the benefit of deliverance, the casting out of devils, so that we can apply deliverance to our life and drive out of our life everything that is impure until we are pure as he is pure in experience, not just by faith. By faith is good, but that is to bring us to experience. And there are tools, there are benefits that he has given to us that we may bring it into experience. But the reason why we have these benefits is because spiritually we are already as he is. God sees us as one with Jesus, in all of his perfection, in all of his excellence, in all of his glory, in all of his purity. The father sees us as the same way. And he gave us benefits through the shed blood of Jesus, through the work of the cross. So that we can so that through the spirit of God and by his power, we can bring this co-laboring with him. When we can't do it in and of our own self, this is only by the spirit of God. But he gave us benefits that through the spirit of God, we are able to bring this life that we are experiencing into alignment with the perfection of who we really are. And I want to encourage you today that if you have never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, I encourage you today to do so. The Father already sees you as one with Christ. He is simply waiting on you to accept it as true and walk in it. And if you will accept it as true and walk in it, not believing me, but believing what the word of God says. If you will accept it as true and walk in it, your life will never be the same. He will change you and bring you into places that are pure and that are holy and that are righteous that you've never been before. He will bring you into places of healing and deliverance and prosperity that you've never seen or experienced before. But you must accept as true who the Father sees you as. And it does not change. In a, the Father doesn't see you differently because of what you've done. He sees us as the, the, he sees us as one with Jesus, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Because of what Jesus as, as, as Jesus did the work of the cross, the Father purposed it in and of himself 
according to his good will. That we would be one with him. In other words, he purposed and made the decision ahead of time that when Jesus did the work of the cross, he would see it as us being one with him. And he has not changed it. He is not changing his mind. But what he does need is he needs us to come into agreement with it. We must believe him. We must accept it as true. If we don't accept it as true, then in, essentially we're calling God a liar. And if we're calling God a liar, then how will we make it to heaven? How will we make it to heaven? Because yes, he sees us as that. But we must come into agreement with him. We must believe. The Bible clearly says to those who believe. They are given the power to be called the sons of God to those who believe. In other words, to those who accept as true what the father already sees as true. We must accept his truth about what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross for our lives. And so this is this is it. This is it. This is what we're going to discuss today. I thank you for spending this time and sharing this time with me. Thank you for listening to this message. And there will be more messages after this. After this, we'll begin to one one message at a time. We'll begin to discuss the many different benefits that Jesus accomplished by his work on the cross for us. We must know what to believe. We can't just have a blanket belief. We must know what to believe and we must know how to apply it. And so again, even in this situation, we know we must accept the, the truth that the father has. What he see, how he sees us. He sees us as one with the Lord. Okay. And because he sees us as one with the Lord, he has given us benefits through the work of the cross. And if we believe him, then we must use the benefits to bring our life into alignment with the truth that he has established already. Again, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I invite you now to pray with me. You can just repeat after me and just say, Lord Jesus Christ, I accept as true by choice of my will. You are the son of God. You came to the earth through the Virgin Mary you suffered under Pontius Pilate. You were flogged. You took stripes. You were crucified. You shed your blood for the remission of my sins. And you gave up your life. And as you died on the cross, I believe that I died with you. And you resurrected. I believe you resurrected from the dead.
three days later. And I believe that when you resurrected, I also resurrected into new life. Lord Jesus, your word says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I call upon the name of Jesus to save my soul, to save my life, and to save my household in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I believe, therefore I am one with you. Show me your many benefits. Show me your many benefits that I may apply them to my life and bring into experience the fullness of what you've done. Thank you, Jesus. Well, blessings. If you prayed that prayer, you know, uh, re reach out and and send me a message. I'd love to hear more about your testimony. Um, if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share. Share this message. Share this message. You know, um, we are we are just a certain a few amount of people away from people all over the world. I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who eventually knows somebody even on the other side of the planet. And if we just share it with the people that we know and encourage them to share the message with the people that they know, this message is for, is for everyone, but there are people that need to hear this message. And if you will share it, it will reach those people that need to hear this message. So I just release the blessings of God over you. We just thank you for divine health and healing over your lives. I thank you for listening again. And we just, you know, thank you, Lord, for this message and this time in Jesus name. Amen.